Hey, my name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm a certified life coach and motivational speaker, and I'm here to help you unlock your true strength so you can create the life of your dreams. I teach you my best tips to master your mindset, create confidence, and empower yourself to take back your life. It's your time. This is the Mind and Body Strong Podcast. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Strong podcast, my friends. Today's a really special episode because I'm bringing on one of my own mentors and coaches, Holly Toronto. Holly Toronto is a certified master level coach through the Health Coach Institute and has four years of experience helping highly driven women stop dieting and build resilience to toxic beauty messages. She uses an intuitive and spiritual approach that guides her clients towards self-trust, confidence, and sovereignty over their entire being, body, mind, and soul. From this place, her clients are able to make self-guided decisions and finally live the life they desire in the body they live in today. And I can speak to this experience being that I worked with her for six months, that really including that spirituality piece really helps you to be able to feel grounded in we live in this society that just brings so many harmful messages and we talk about a lot of this in the episode today about how you can actually create resilience in this world that we live in that's always telling us that something is wrong with us and that we need to change. Holly introduces the concept of be do have and how that can really help you to step in to being the best version of yourself right now without having to change your body. We also talk about purity culture and how that can impact body image and Holly shares a lot of that from her own personal experience. We also really uncover this relationship between body image and spirituality and how having this lens of spirituality can really help you to have peace with what is. I'm so excited to bring you this episode. So let's jump right in. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Mind and Body Strong podcast. Super excited to have Holly Toronto, who is one of my mentors and has been a coach of mine for almost um, going on a year, I think, Holly, it's been crazy. Um, but I am just so thankful to have you here with us. Yes. Well, thank you for having me, Katie. And being a part of and a witness to your journey over this past year has been so, so, so incredible. And I'm excited yeah. to, to share with your community today. Me too. So for those of you in my community who don't know, I have worked, I've worked with Holly on body image work for myself for six months. And it was incredible the amount of ground that we were able to cover with her really bringing like this safe space for me to really uncover my feelings and like go deeper into the body image work that I wasn't willing to do on my own. It's so hard to see your blind spots when you're so close to them. And we really opened, it really opened my eyes to just how, how this journey into body image and really leaning into that opens up this whole new realm of like, it really did transform into this spiritual journey. And that's really what you're coaching is focused on. So I'm super excited to have that conversation of the intersection between body image and spirituality, how that really helps carry you through this really amazing work. And I think it's definitely going to show in your story. So let's just start there and yeah. we'll just see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when we think about body image, right, we think about 
all of the intersecting factors that would influence the way that we see ourselves or measure ourselves in the greater context of like society and the hierarchies that we've created, right? And so anything from your gender to your race, to your sexual orientation, to your religious upbringing can play a tremendous role in, in how you see yourself and measure yourself, right? Because that's ultimately right. what what body image is. We talk about body image as how we are seeing and judging and comparing ourselves um, in our social hierarchies versus embodiment, which is like transcending that and coming back into the body, which I'm sure we'll talk about as we get into the spiritual aspect of this. And so for my own personal experience, I grew up in evangelical Christianity and I'm not here to make any blanket statements about Christianity and evangelicalism being horrible and bad and wrong, but um, that environment had a very drastic impact on my relationship to my body because I grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s at the very height of what's called the purity movement. And the purity movement, the intention behind that uh, culture that was created was to encourage young people and teenagers to save themselves for marriage, meaning no sex, no fooling around, no even in some cases desiring to have um, to, to have pleasure or to experience your body in that way. And so I learned these messages from, from an incredibly young age, coupled with the, one of the foundational ideas of Christianity is this idea of original sin, right? We were born bad, right? And we are in need of redemption from the savior. And so I, I came into this world <laughs> and from a very young age, believed that I was born bad, right? And then I, and, and that one of the ways that my badness would be expressed was through sexual desire and through wanting um, to experience pleasure in my body. And so I learned to really disconnect from my body. I learned to experience sensations or desires that I had for pleasure, whether that was pleasure for sex or pleasure for even food. Um, I learned to see that as something that was bad, wrong, sinful, dirty, right? And so this manifested for me at a very young age with you know extreme hatred of my body from like the age of like eight onwards. And in high school that manifested as um, very disordered eating, which like no one really knew about where I was you know not actually feeding myself. Um, but you know I look back on journal entries and I would be writing out everything that I ate and just talking about how much I hated my body. Fast forward to college, I went to school uh, to become a, a fashion merchandiser and pursued a career in the fashion industry, which interestingly, you know, it's a very image centric industry. And I, I chose that for some reason, <laughs> not sure why. Um, and I, I had about a seven year career in the fashion industry uh, that spanned, you know, most of my 20s. And during that time, I had really let go of my fundamentalist upbringing and it had sort of tuned into more of a universal spirituality and connection to that, which is greater than me. But the undertones of, of that upbringing was still very much so alive in me. And that manifested itself in how I started to diet and try to change my body. And so um, in an effort to cure female adult acne that I had been experiencing um, throughout all of my 20s, I decided that I was going to do the whole like pure food movement. Interesting, like purity mm -hmm. culture. One of those like pure, clean food eaters, right? Mm -hmm. And so I cut out um, with the advice and support of a naturopathic doctor, a significant number of foods. 
And um, this was supposed to be very temporary. This was supposed to be about a six week experiment to see was any of these foods like triggering acne or any of the digestive issues that I was having. And those six weeks came and went. And in that time, my skin didn't clear up, but I did lose a lot of weight. And with that received a sense of praise and accolades and the sense of like, I'm good, right? I've done the good thing that women are supposed to do, right? I've achieved this like higher status, this better body, right? And I actually became a health coach because of that, because a lot of people started to say to me like, oh, you look so good now that you've lost this weight. Can you help me? And so I got certified as a health coach and I started my business off of that paradigm of of helping people lose weight through these really restrictive, you know, pure food cleanses and things like that. Yet something really insidious was happening under the surface for me in that, you know, my hair was falling out. And I was constantly stressed and anxious around food and I was socially isolating. So I was that person who wouldn't show up to a dinner with friends because I wasn't sure I could control the food options. Mm. And so like, yeah, my mental health and my physical health were suffering, but like on paper, it looks like I was doing all of the right things. And so the biggest turning point happened for me when I was on a trip with my husband. It was something that we had planned for for a really long time, this like gorgeous trip on a cruise to Alaska. And on a cruise, everyone knows all you do is eat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm in front of these buffets of foods that were all things that I had, I had deemed off limits. Like I'm not allowed to eat that. That's bad. That will, you know, that will kill me. That will make me break out. Um, even though I, my skin was already breaking out <laughs> and, uh, I found myself every single day on that trip needing to like forcing myself to get in a workout. Like I needed to have cardio and every single day I like go to the gym on the cruise and then I would eat breakfast. And like, I would have this panic for the entire day, like mm-hmm. under undertone of this entire trip was like panic that if I were to just let myself enjoy and have pleasure with the food um, and and just be present with the experience that I would, I would put on weight. And if I put on weight, that would mean that I would lose all the praise, all the accolades, all of the love and attention that I had received. And so I clearly set my, my foundation for my self-worth on very shaky grounds, which is something we'll talk about when we get to body image resilience. But my husband had to like really sit me down and be like, Hey, like I'm noticing something in you. Like this doesn't feel like you're happy or healthy. Um, you know, what, what's, what's actually present for you? Like the, the, something obviously needs to change. And I, I really appreciate him reflecting that back to me because he was absolutely right. And I was like being awful and ruining this trip for us. And so I actually only brought one book with me on that trip. And it was a book called Intuitive Eating, which you, you know about Katie and I'm sure you Oh yeah. Before. Got it right here. <laughs> and that book literally changed my life. Like I saw myself in it. I saw what I was creating for myself and for my clients. And I'm paraphrasing a lot because this was a long journey, but I came back yeah. from that and I started to implement those principles into my life. I started to get support and, and really immerse myself in like the body acceptance movement. And I was able to really come to this place of like, oh no, like my body is, is a person, right? My body is a human being who, who needs nourishment, who's, who needs pleasure, who deserves to be satisfied. And my weight does not equal my worth. And once I was able to get to that place in myself, then I was able to translate that into the work that I do with my clients and sort of 
kiss diet culture goodbye, not even kissed it goodbye, like kicked it right out kicked the door. It. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> kick it to the curb. <laughs> and I was like, bye. <laughs> and yeah, and this, the, and never looked back. Amazing. There's so many pieces that I was writing down as you were talking. And I think so many women can relate to you specifically head voice. Like, you know, you're supposed to lose weight, like achieving this better body is like something that all women should be like achieving. And I know that I, I knew that from age four, just from watching my mom go through diet after diet. And my journey was very similar to yours in, in the fact that I also entered like the fitness health realm through that lens of losing weight. And mm-hmm. it's, it never felt quite right. Like you had mentioned this underlying panic of putting on weight. And I felt that daily. And now that, and I held up, you know, this image of a health coach, personal trainer, I'm supposed to look this way. I'm supposed to always be achieving a better body. I, you know, I, I never was satisfied mm-hmm. and and how harmful that was. And similarly to where you had your husband reflect back to you, how this may not be serving you. I had a client of mine who was a good friend and it really woke me up to be Mm -hmm. like, this is not serving. Um, and I think so many women still are struggling in that place. And much like I was, when I came to you of like writing this line of hope that weight loss is still going to occur. That was the biggest thing that you had pointed out to me that I was like, that's exactly where I feel like I'm at. I still was writing this line, hoping that I could somehow be in peace with my body and food and achieve weight loss at the same time. So what do you have to speak on that piece? Oh, yeah. And and we can kind of take this in sort of a a spiritual direction too. I love Um, that. Because if you think about, you know, a lot of a lot of spirituality is helping us to become at peace with what is, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas as human beings that exist in this chaotic world where we are conditioned from very young ages to outsource our sense of self-worth to everything mm-hmm. that's outside of us, whether that's our bodies, I'm um, not to say that our bodies are something that's outside of us, but like how other people view our bodies, right? Like as, as right. A, a measure of our self-worth to relationships, to career, to socioeconomic status, to whatever it might be, right? We're so taught to like be in this constant pursuit of needing to change everything so that we can be finally worthy and enough, right? And as you mentioned, like you were never satisfied. And that's so true. Like when we are coming from this place of like, I'm not okay as I am, it's very rare (laughs) that getting, that achieving something external is actually going to fill that within you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the work becomes, and again, like this, I'm not pretending by any means that this is easy work. You can speak to that. I can speak to that. Yes. Clients can speak to that, but the work is really in coming to a a place of, of peace within oneself as is. Right. And, and having that be, you know, your come from, right for all of the action that you take in your life, right? So it's like this concept of, which we talk about, um, Julie Olamacher, my business partner, and I talk about in our homecoming program is the idea of be, do, have versus have, do, be, right? Our culture operates from a place of have, do, be. Once I have the ideal body, 
right? Then I'll take the action, right? Then I'll put myself out there for the promotion or the, I'll change careers or I'll pursue the relationship or I'll go to the beach or whatever it is. And then I'll have a fulfilling life. Then I'll be worthy. Then I'll be enough. Then I'll be valuable, right? And so this work is about completely flipping that on its head and starting from that place of I'm worthy and I'm enough and I'm valuable and I'm complete and whole just as I am. I am I can have the fulfilling life now, the hope, right? Of that future version of myself. I can actually call that hope into the present moment, right? And yeah. from that place of just really rock solid in your self-worth, right? That actually inspires the action. That inspires you to ask for the promotion at work, to take the stand to sign up for the course so that you can change your, your career, to put yourself out there on the dating website or ask your friends who they know, right? Um, to put on the bathing suit and say, like, screw it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the beach and enjoy. Um, these, these are things that have actually happened for my clients too. And then from that place, that leads you to the have. And the have, more often than not, well, actually I shouldn't say that because, um, well, this is how I would say it more often than not, it's not even about the body, right? It's not like I do all of these things and then I lose weight, right? It's like that sort of right. way of looking at weight loss. It's like, love yourself to lose weight. No, it's not even that. What you end up getting is a sense of joy, the sense of purpose, the sense of fulfillment within yourself that to me is way more valuable than mm-hmm. any shift or change in your body could ever be. Absolutely. I love that you brought in the framework of be, do, have, because that's something that really helped me to see like, oh, okay, I don't have to wait and sit over here on the sidelines paralyzed, waiting for me to like be quote unquote ready to go out there and pursue what I want to have in life. I get to just choose to bring that future version of me into the present here now and channel her, so to speak, to be able to do that stuff. And I think so many women can relate to that feeling like they need to wait until their body is perfect, until their career is perfect, until their finances are perfect, whatever it might be. It's, it's definitely a thought pattern that is very uh, apparent in myself and in all the clients I work with as well. (laughs) It's one day thinking, right? It's the curse of one day thinking. It's like, once these conditions are perfect, then I can have the life. Right. And it just leaves so many people in this place where like life is happening, right? Like life is going by them and they're waiting for some arbitrary time in the future. So, or to reach some like arbitrary standard before they start claiming the life that they want. And like, that's what, what we've been seeing for our homecoming program is like these women who are doing the work on intuitive eating and and learning to nourish their bodies and move in ways that feel really good. But like the results that they're getting is that they are more fully expressed in their life than ever before. Right. Yes. Yes. Like that's it. Right. The body image is is the gateway. That's what we always talk about. It's the gateway home to the fullest expression and wholeness of who you are. Yeah. And you always talk to about you it doesn't matter if you love your body or not. I think so many people with so much going on in the interwebs and about the body positive movement and people feeling like they need to love their bodies and and maybe that's stemming from, you know, obviously a lot of the media and all the things that we consume every single day. So from that lens, it's just, it's easier to see, I guess I lost my train of thought there, but you don't have to love your body, right? To enter no. this body image work. That's, no. you that's would talk about this a lot. So far out, right? Like it's, it's something right. that can feel really 
unattainable. And, and the name of my business that I, I, it's officially shifted come 2021, I was transitioning out of it in 2020, used mm-hmm. to be Love Your Body, right? And, and there was a reason for that. That was part of like my, my brand at the time. And like, I had so many people say to me, like, that doesn't feel possible. <laughs> I'm like, and at first I was like, oh no, like, am I doing impossible work? But then the more that I thought about it, I'm like, oh, of course they think that. Of course they think that loving their body is impossible because they are defining love their body as loving what's reflected back to them in the mirror through the lens of the male gaze, right? Through the lens of our toxic culture, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. That means I'm going to see that I have like the perfect curves and the perfect booty and the six pack abs and the perky boobs. Like that's what they think is going to happen. Right. And I'm like, or, and they're like, well, like, no, that's, that's not gonna Like they're, they're expecting love to come through. Yeah. Like how society defines like what a worthy body looks like versus what we talk about a lot is instead of looking in the mirror and loving what you see, no, looking in the mirror and knowing that whatever, whoever is being reflected back to you is worthy and good and enough just as she is, right? Like right. that to me, that's, that's unconditional love, mm-hmm. which is to me, not the same thing as like, perhaps how maybe more mainstream body positivity defines it. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many media messages. It, it can be very difficult to navigate and, and swim in this diet po- culture pool, so to speak. I was just telling Holly right before we jumped on that we had, I looked online about just the first couple of magazines, like health magazines that would pop up just to see how bombarded we are with this messaging. And just on one magazine cover alone, I saw three messages, one saying amazing anti-aging tricks, the other lose five pounds in five days a flat belly in one move, all on one magazine cover. So imagine we're just being bombarded from every direction, not only from just what we read, but what we watch and just the different status structure within TV shows and movies. And when you don't see like your body reflected, it's, it's very easy to think, okay, maybe there's something wrong with with my body. And I think that's where the spirituality piece really comes in and the body resilience. So the body image resilience piece. So when you talk about that as one of your, your pillars of your work, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? And how can the members of my community start to practice some of that? Sure. Sure. So we can't look at body image resilience without looking at awareness first. You know, we we spent so much time on awareness (laughs) because the truth is you don't know what you don't know. Right? True. And so often people are carrying around these beliefs about their bodies that they inherited from, you know, their mother or their father or, you know, another influence in their life. Um, sometimes they're, they're ha- they have rules with food that they didn't even realize were rules. It's just like, oh, like I thought that that was just normal, right? Like there's all of this deeply ingrained behavioral and belief stuff inside of us that we don't know about like until you have someone like Katie uh, as a a trained coach to ask you the right questions or you're in a group coaching program and you are either you know learning something and it's bringing something up in you and reflecting back to you like oh yeah I do that thing right there's so much that people don't know about the fact that we live in a a, a culture that fears fat right like we live in a fat phobic culture Mm -hmm. Um, there's so much people don't know about weight stigma and how weight stigma is actually far worse for your health than the weight itself. 
Um, there's so much people don't know about BMI being a completely bogus structure for measuring health. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, there's so much people don't know about like how diets fail and what they actually do to your body in terms of actually far worse health outcomes for people who are chronic dieters versus people who are intuitive eaters. And so there's a lot of um, education as far as like, okay, these are, this is, this is what's actually happening in your body as well as like belief work. And so you always have to start with awareness. You're never going to be able to build resilience if you don't know what you're building, building resilience against. Right. Yeah. So we start in that place. And then the resilience piece of it is really how do we go into that awareness and release or revise or reclaim what needs to be re released, revised or reclaimed, right? So we release the beliefs that, that aren't ours, right? I talk about a lot how beliefs that we carry about our bodies are, are more often than not inherited, right? So it's not ours. So can we, can we work on releasing that? Um, maybe there's a simple revision that needs to happen, just like what we were talking about with loving your body through the lens of the male gaze or loving your body from a place of my body's a human being and deserving of love. So maybe there's a revision or there's a reclamation, right? There's a, I'm going to take my power back from diet culture. I'm going to take my power back from, from these harmful messages that I've been fed since the day I was born about my body. And I'm going to put my energy towards living and creating the life that I want. Right. So those are the things that we're looking at when, when it's coming to resilience and, a lot of that is done within the context of coaching and the context of being asked questions and going deeper into your own personal experience. But for the sake of being really practical with those who are listening right now, um, I think there's self-inquiry that can be really, really helpful in these situations. And so I love to give my, my clients the question when something is coming up for them, say they're in judgment around a certain part of their body, let's say their belly, like, oh, my belly is too big, right? To, mm -hmm. to say the question to yourself or ask the, yourself the question, says who, right? Yes. And even just that can offer such a powerful pattern interrupt to your subconscious mind of like, oh, is, is there potentially a part of this belief that's not true, right? <laughs> that I can start to question or to ask yourself the question, okay, well, what's wrong with big, right? What does big mean about me, yep. right? What am I making that mean about myself? Am I making big mean I'm unlovable? Am I making big mean I'm a failure, right? And asking yourself the question, like, is that objectively true? Is that true that big means unlovable, big means failure, right? And if it is true, is it true about everybody, right? Because chances are the answer to that question is no. The chances are you have people in your life who have bigger bellies that you look at them and be like, no, they're amazing. They're worthy. They're, they're valuable. They're wonderful people. And so if that's true about them, then it must also be true about you. Right. So yes. self-inquiry is a big part. If you're doing this work on your own, like a big part of, of resilience. Um, but then I also just love the simple question when you're in a place of, of judgment of yourself to ask like, who profits? from me feeling this way. Because like you mentioned with the magazine cover and anti-aging <laughs> process and the flat belly stuff and all the other things, yep. like, there are like chances, I'm a hundred percent positive that go, every single one of those articles mentions a product, right? Everything's oh, yeah. an editorial these days. Everything yep. is trying to sell something. And so somebody profits off of making you think that the, the, the lines on, under your eyes are you know, something that you need to hide, right? Or that, mm -hmm. that um, 
roles are something you need to get rid of. Like somebody's always profiting off of that. And mm-hmm. to, to go to ask yourself that question, like who's profiting off of that? I don't know. To me, what I see in myself and what I've seen for many other people that I give this question to is that it sort of catalysts this like righteous anger in a way. Like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Nobody gets to profit off of me. Right. Nobody gets to um, you know, make a quick buck off of making me feel terrible about myself. And, you know, the, the graduated step from resilience is, is something that we talk about in homecoming called sovereignty, right? And sovereignty mm-hmm. is when you are so fully connected to and aligned with your, yourself and your body that no one or nothing can, can disconnect you from from her, right? No one, no one or nothing can tell you, you need to change, or this is like the way you are is unacceptable because you are so deeply connected to the wholeness and truth of who you are. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I hope that, I hope that gives some like practical <laughs> tips to Definitely. Uh, people who are listening and wondering like, okay, that feels really unattainable, but again, self-inquiry is like the, the place to start. Yeah. And I loved the, just the two simple questions and Holly would always give these to me in our sessions of, you know, who says and who profits. And when you really think about it, it does really interrupt that thought pattern and make you realize like, okay, there is a, is there truth to this? And if there is, then, you know, again, who profits like from you thinking this way. And just as you were talking about that, like I'm thinking of all the times where maybe I've felt insecure and the immediate thing I do is go on my phone and start looking for something to buy and how, (laughs) how like my relationship with like, you know, coping with those insecurities has moved from food to money and like how interesting like that relationship is. But I love that you gave such a simple way to look at resilience as release, revise, reclaim, and choosing which direction you want to go with that. And I think that's so powerful because again, it speaks to being able to reclaim um, and the sovereignty that you get to gain back Mm -hmm. from being able to just know that you don't need anything or, you know, just that you are good at your core. And I think that's the lesson that I learned so deeply that I just kept coming back to in our work together Mm -hmm. and that I keep like, it keeps coming up in my life. It's like, nope, you don't need anything or anyone to prove yourself. Like you Mm -hmm. just are good. There's nothing to be done. Yes. And that's, that's the spiritual part of it. Right. Cause I talked about, um, in, in my story, this idea of like original sin, right. That they were born Mm -hmm. bad and need to be saved. Right. And, and that's not just a Christianity thing. Like that's no, that's really a universal experience in my opinion, because, um, and I know, you know, some people are atheists and they don't believe in spirituality, but like, I, you know, I believe that we are all, are, are all here on a path, right. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a journey home again to like the fullest expression of who we are. And that requires us to reckon with, you know, the, the darker parts of ourselves, the parts that feel uncomfortable to look at. And, and for many people, it's like what that darker, that, that darkness or that discomfort is looking at like, I'm unworthy, right? Like this deep core belief of I'm unworthy or I'm bad or I'm wrong in some way. And I need something or someone outside of myself to fix me. And so what I love so much about this work is that it, it just, it gets to start from a place of like, I am so good just as I am, right? That doesn't mean, that doesn't absolve me from responsibility that doesn't mean that like I won't make mistakes like anything like that but it's like oh no like 
I am a human being having a, a divine experience, right? It's like mm-hmm. we get to intersect those parts of ourselves. And, you know, that happens through the body. Like we wouldn't be having this journey without a body. <laughs> right? Like we need a body in order to do that. And, and I, I feel like when we are so fragmented within ourselves and in such a place of, of, of hatred and shame towards our bodies, it pre- prevents us from being able to fully embark on that journey to the fullest, our fullest expression in this lifetime. I totally agree. I think bringing that spirituality piece really does, at least for me, has helped me reconnect and be able to kind of stay in my experience of my body instead of body jumping, which is what I'm used to doing because I don't like experiencing emotions. And um, and Holly knows this to be true. I like to logic my way through things instead of actually feel them. Uh And my clients like to do this as well. And so it's just, it's so interesting, like how I've tried to logic my way through things and how actually using that, that lens of spirituality has helped me to kind of come back into my experience and actually feel the sensations of the emotions in my body, which really that's all an emotion is it's just a sensation in our yeah. bodies. Yes. We are, we are not our emotions. Like we are the no. experiencer of our emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they are information that's meant to, to share something important about ourselves. And again, it's like, it's not to say that that is not overwhelming and that it's just so easy to just sit there and emotionally surf and let yourself feel the feel like sometimes there's yep. legitimate reasons to want to body jump. I get it. Um, and if we can start to, again, build the strength, build the resilience to know that like, oh no, this is actually, I'm meant to feel this for a reason. I'm meant to move through this for a reason. There's something for me here. And I know I can get through this, um, that can lead us to a deeper level of intimacy with ourselves than we could have ever imagined. Absolutely. Yes. I love all of this. And I have just, I just deeply love working with you. I learned so much about myself through this work and it's inspired me to continue to do this work with so many other women too. So I am so thankful for you and your expertise in holding such positive space for me and so many others to grow and Speaking of, where can all my audience find out more about you? (laughs) Well, I I just echo Katie. I think you are just such a oh gosh, such an inspiration. Someone who is so willing to do the work, and that speaks to your capacity as a coach. We talk about a lot that like you can only take your clients as far as you are willing to go yourself. And, And Katie, you are the real deal. Like you are willing to like go into your stuff and look at it and, and shift it. So for first for yourself, right. And your own fullest expression, but then so that you can increase your capacity to hold space for others. So, um, I, I feel like anybody who has the chance to work with you is, is very, very lucky. Um, and I feel lucky to have worked with you. So my Instagram is holly.toronto, Toronto, just like the Canadian city. Instagram would be the best place to connect with me. If you go to the link in my bio, you'll get access to my body gratitude, gratitude meditation. So it's just a you know, simple, put your email address in, and that will be sent to you right away. And it's a really powerful meditation that brings you back to a sense of gratitude for all your body does for you while also giving you some really incredible journaling questions and things like that. Um, so everything that you need to know about what's going on in my world is, is there. Yes. Ah, oh, awesome. I'll definitely give Holly a follow. She always has really just 
really thought provoking post. It always gets me thinking and kind of guides me in, in my own growth for that day. So thank you for your vulnerability and your work. And just thank you for showing up um, and giving all your wisdom to my audience. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. You are what makes this movement and message possible. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend, a coworker, a family member, or take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform and tag Mind and Body Strong. To learn more about coaching and courses to help you take your journey to the next level, visit mindandbodystrong.com.